Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined as always by my phenomenal friend, Mr. JW Crewall. JW, how's it going today? Pretty good, Riley. I'm feeling excessively sleepy. <laughs> You're a I sleepy didn't little get, guy. Yeah, I'm a sleepy little boy. I didn't get a ton of great sleep last night. I um it's kind of a long story, but we had some uh we're, we're hosting some boys for some short-term respite care for the mom who is um she ha- is well, she had cancer and she's had like surgery to remove it and she's having all this um like chemotherapy and radiation and stuff and so she's like you know basically kind of turned to this organization for help and and ann and i are part of this organization and (laughs) so we're taking these kids in um for for well starting next week for six weeks so this was kind of a trial run like a trial night we've already met them and stuff but they haven't slept over at our house but just to kind of like get them familiar with what's going on and how everything um you know, works at our house. And I was really nervous because I know that they have some difficulty sleeping. So I just like felt myself really on edge the entire night because I was worried about, you know, if the youngest boy, he's two, if he wakes up, then, you know, I'll go over there and like console him. So I just felt myself like waking up in the middle of the night, just being uh, like, can I hear him? Like, is he, is he asleep? Is he awake? Oh, no. Um, but, you know, he slept through the whole night. So it was really good. But I just, it was that, and then I woke up early as well to get them to daycare. So I woke up at like six when I normally sleep until about seven thirty. So I just like I'm feeling it kind of, you know, nine o'clock rolled around, and I'm like, man, I could I could probably go to bed right now. <laughs> so that sounds pretty exhausting. Not gonna lie, yeah, it was, it was. But how about you? How's your how's your day going? Things are going well. Things are going well. I actually got a haircut today, so yes, the. The long hair is capiche on the tag team. <laughs> we both chickened out of it, I guess. I know, I know. It, uh, yeah. it does it feel good? It does. Yeah, it does. Really? Um, I like to not have hair in my face when I'm eating food, which is really nice. You look a lot younger, too. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Have you been getting a lot more compliments from women on the street? <laughs> Yeah, I've been getting cackled like crazy in the four hours since I got my haircut. That's great, man. Yeah, it's it's awesome for sure. Yeah. Um, no, cool. but that's cool. And otherwise, things are are going pretty well. I also have had some trouble sleeping this week, but not for any distinct reason. I woke up with like a nightmare on Tuesday morning. <laughs> I was like waking up in my bed, like screaming, full on screaming. And <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it was like some horrifying. I can't even remember what the nightmare was, which is the worst part. Yeah. <laughs> but make sure that never happens again. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, I'm doing good. Yeah, I can't complain. Nice, man. Yeah, I go into Salt Lake as well, recording this on Wednesday. Um, and I'm starting my trek after work on Thursday because I could yeah. only find a flight out of Chicago that would get me back to Madison quickly enough for work right. on Monday. Right. So, but the flight out leaves very early in the morning. So yeah. instead of driving all the way to Chicago in the morning, I'm staying in a hotel like nearby on Thursday night. How much is it to fly Chicago to Salt Lake? I assume you're doing direct like you don't have any layovers it's direct i mean i bought the flight pretty late it was still eight hundred dollars you spend eight hundred dollars to fly to salt lake my goodness i mean you you make good money i know this and you and you know uh, you're this you're like your one hobby right so you know might as well like for a guy like you it makes a lot of sense but geez louise dude oh yeah i mean flying these things is really expensive Um, yeah and chicago should normally be cheaper but it was still pretty expensive i don't know what the deal was yeah wow <laughs> so yeah I'm, I'm excited for salt lake but definitely my wallet is a little mad at me i mean it's okay whatever when you when's the next time you're going to be hanging in the mountains with friends yeah absolutely i've gotten to see an online friend from like ever since i was in the fifth grade or something like that yo when you guys played runescape together <laughs> we played maple story but close uh, enough very close yeah you're fell into one of three factions is you know my experience you're either in the maple story faction the runescape faction 
or the World of Warcraft faction. Oh, okay. I would have said like the Battlefield 1942 faction or the Command and Conquer faction. <laughs> no, I'm talking strictly MMOs. You know, pointless uh, MMOs where you just grind. <laughs> yeah, I, ne- I never really got into those. Like, I tried RuneScape, and I was like, yeah, this is nice, but, like, I could just make a fire in real life. But then it wouldn't be in RuneScape. Or I could just, you know, dig a hole in real life. Yeah, maybe for RuneScape, but for MapleStory, you can't kill 10,000 slimes in real life. You just can't do that. I Honestly, I haven't found a slime in my life <laughs> yet. And I've yet to kill any of them, for yeah. sure. <laughs> so hit me up if you find any slimes that need killing. Wow. Yeah, I would love to do that one day. <laughs> Call to action for tag team mm. listeners. Let's Bucket kill some list. slimes. Bucket list for sure. <laughs> Well, we've got an exciting weekend ahead with Salt Lake. Uh, well, not a, we. Don't say we, man. We as a collective Pokemon community. <sighs> have, you know. Yeah, I'll be staying at home. So if you're listening to this and you're going to Salt Lake, don't, don't look for up. me. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I won't, won't be, there. be there. Don't even ask. <laughs> if you ask, you're blocked. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> yeah. Well, we... I, at least, have an exciting weekend ahead with Salt Lake City, and the community has Sash. an exciting weekend ahead, um, whether you're playing or spectating. And so we're really excited to talk about what the meta is going to look like and how things have developed in a post-Peoria world heading into Salt Lake. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of things that really um, kind of shook things up from Peoria. We have one more tournament for us Americans, one more big tournament, until... December, right? And yeah. we got this, and then Silver Tempest comes out in about a month, and then we have the Toronto Regionals. So it's kind of our last hurrah for people wanting to get points in the near future. And there's a lot to talk about. The meta sure to uh, kind of evolve here between Peoria and Salt Lake. I sure hope it does that the new... Uh, with all these tournaments coming out online, you know, it feels like the the metagame just evolves so rapidly these days mm-hmm. and we've definitely seen that so in the front half of today we're going to talk about kind of the evolution in general about the meta specifically focusing on one particular benefactor of that shift and then in the back half we're going to talk about some of our you know top decks off the radar decks you know fun little categories of decks tag team style you kind of know how we like to do things a little bit more interesting so uh, be sure to tune into that if you want to hear our takes for salt lake but let's talk about the meta shift. And when I think of the meta shift post Peoria, the deck that I think of more than anything is Giratina, Giratina V-Star. So coming into Lost Origins, I mean, Giratina is the cover card. You know, it's the card that everyone is thinking of, trying to make work. It's on the front of their minds. And then it started to disappear it felt like in favor of the traditional lost zone box type of decks that don't really rely on V attackers. John Ang and Michael Pramerlot played Giratina to pretty good success at the Salt Lakes or at the Peoria regional championship, excuse me. And since then we've seen a huge explosion of Giratina in these online events. I think in one of the latest, uh, late nights was it six of the top eight or something like that yeah, was giratina right. absolutely absurd stuff jw what's the deal why is giratina spiking like crazy yeah it's a good question um because i personally haven't had the greatest results with the deck i mean it's a solid deck like don't get me wrong and, and we've had it you know consistently in our top five for the last month but i think that it it walks a very fine line and it does a lot of things very well and it and it walks this line between being able to take big one shots on the v and v max threats in the metagame while also being able to battle against the one prize decks and i think it does that both like pretty well you know i think a lot of times when when we're presented with decks that uh try to do both of these things, you know, do two different things, then we try to like narrow it down. Like, okay, let's, let's focus more on taking care of this aspect or let's focus on taking care of this other aspect and never really try to balance two. But I think Giratina is one of those rare decks that 
can shift up its strategy depending on what it's facing. And Giratina does have some really cool tools in all sorts of matchups. Obviously, the Star Requiem is an excellent V-Star power to be able to knock out any Pokemon in play. Um, you know, be it a Mew VMAX with 310 HP or a Comfy with 70. You know, you're knocking out that active no matter what with the Star Requiem. Uh, obviously, the Giratina's first attack doing 280 is really good math into other V-Stars. You have cool cards like Snorlax as well, which are really good into opposing Lost Box type decks due to its ability preventing damage counters from being placed on it. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good differentiator. I think if people are like, well, what? Why not just play Lost Zone Box, right? And it does essentially the same thing without all that Giratina stuff. But I think the Snorlax is a really big card for that matchup in particular because it can take a hit from anything in the lost zone box deck sans the charizard um and still be able to you know put on that pressure so uh, i think that's a huge card and it also has like some of that um uh, versatility or, or, or synergy i should say if you're playing you know if you happen to be playing any twin energy you can always discard that with the giratina v stars attack later and have it count as two energies so anyway so that's that's a really I think important card for yeah, the matchup and kind of differentiates it from Lost Zone Box. I agree. Plus, I mean, the, the math with the Cramorant into the Snorlax is really mm. threatening on V-Star Pokemon, especially. That's true. Going yeah. to a clean 290 when you add up those two attacks together. Yep. Um, and we're really seeing not many things like Big Charm these days to boost the HP of those big V-Stars. You know, it's really settling at that 280. Mm -hmm. So having that just clean math works really well. Yeah, for sure. I think. Go ahead. Oh no, I was going to ask what are what are some of the other reasons you think that Giratina is kind of rising up now in terms of popularity and prominence? I think that's a lot. I think it's a lot of it. I think there is some new toy syndrome there a little bit where people weren't really super confident in Giratina and Lost Zone Box was just the hotness with the Lost Zone engine, and now that they see that Giratina actually can perform and has proven itself a little bit more people are more apt to kind of like give it another shake where maybe they previously would have just played Lost Box instead. Mm -hmm. um, my experience with Giratina is honestly similar to yours where it walks that very tight rope between excellence and disaster, it feels like. Uh, mm -hmm. Particularly if you're getting your hand disrupted, especially multiple times over the course of a game. Giratina doesn't, due to the fact it plays so many different cards between the Lost Zone engine and all the switch outs that you need to support that and the single prize attackers and the mirage gates, you have to cut into uh, what we think of as our most core fundamental Pokemon consistency cards in the ball search. You know, beyond the battle VIP pass, we're seeing sometimes as few as just three quick ball and no ultra ball or Evo incense. And like, that's it, right? And between that and like the general inconsistency that comes with, you know, can you draw out of a Marnie with a comfy deck if it's turn two? Mm -hmm. That's where I see the Giratina deck falter the most, personally, is mm -hmm. in those those middle turns where you don't have Battle VIP pass and you need like two Giratinas down, or you need to hit the evolution and you just can't raw draw it for whatever reason off the comfies and the chorus. And that to me just makes me a little uncomfortable personally. Uh, I don't know if it necessarily should for a universal audience, but I like to play a deck that's a little more streamlined than the Giratina typically is. Um, that's something that's pretty consistent with the decks that I've played at tournaments is they are much yeah. more streamlined. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, you look at some of these lists that I've seen with a complete lack of regard for trying to get out their Pokemon. <laughs> There's maybe four battle VIP pass maybe a couple quick balls and then other than that no other search which makes me a little bit nervous right <laughs> you know obviously you think of uh uh the decks that we've played recently um mew having four four quick ball ultra ball at worlds playing arceus which had four quick ball four ultra ball and now you're kind of moving away from that that just like yeah i agree makes me feel a little bit unsettled uh, when playing the deck and it certainly can lead to these kind of awkward whiffs 
um, when you're looking for that V star on the turn that you need it. But, you know, otherwise it just has a lot of tools. You know, you think about um, the Radiant Greninja, if you happen to play water energies with that, you know, that's a nice snipe tool, can set up multiple knockouts or take multiple knockouts, depending on if your opponent has Manaphy out or not. Uh, you obviously have the Giratina V-Star, take those big one-shots. Um, can use the V-Star power to knock out anything in its path. You got the Sableye to set up stuff. Um, you can even attack with things like Luminion, put your opponent in weird <laughs> positions. You know, you have the, the Drapion too. I think a lot of lists are including that. I think that's a really solid inclusion with uh, the Giratina V-Star power or attack being able to take one knockout on a Mew. You can use Drapion for that second knockout and take all six prizes. You got the Snorlax, uh, and you could even splash in like an Empoleon or an Ice Q, although those, those aren't as uh, prominent. But it just has a ton of options. It really feels like that kind of uh, jack-of-all-trades deck if you're looking to play something that gives you a chance in any matchup. I think it's Giratina. I totally agree, and I think that's part of the reason that people are so attracted to it as well, is because you feel like you have some route against every other deck. Even if it's not phenomenal, there's something there. Yeah. Um, one one thing that's kind of on my mind somewhat recently is it feels like Giratina is more of like an actual Lost Zone Toolbox deck than the deck that has been named Lost Zone Box. You know, Lost Zone Box is really trying to attack with, like, two Pokemon over the mm -hmm. course of the game. Whereas yeah. Giratina can attack with all sorts of crazy stuff because yeah. of the Mirage Gate. You know, that to me is what a Toolbox actually is. We in Pokemon are not very good at naming decks. Yeah, no, we're, we're silly. We gotta get, I don't know, let's, we, we can come up with something like G, GCS, G, GR, you know, um, GCS, Giratina G Comfy, Sableye, <laughs> <laughs> or Snorlax, even GLC, even Giratina yeah. Lax Comfy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 like yeah, that. yeah, <laughs> say it louder, brother. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely need to up the deck naming game in Pokemon, like, hardcore. Our deck names are really bad. Yeah. Oh, bring... I mean, there have been some good ones over the years. But, yeah, we need to have some people just... And it needs to not be annoying, either. You know, you have people that, like, create these annoying deck names <laughs> just for the meme of it. But it can't be a meme, you know? It's got to be... It's got to work. I agree. It's got it's to gotta work. We'll, we'll come up with one... Um, maybe you know over the weekend while i have all this time because i won't be going to salt lake city uh, <laughs> while you're ruminating to... on your thoughts <laughs> <laughs> awesome well i mean i think giratina has kind of made a, a place for itself i do expect to see more giratina in salt lake versus what we saw in peoria because of what we've seen in, in recent online tournaments um you know it's definitely here to stay in my opinion yeah for sure so before we go into then some of our top decks or underrated picks, et cetera, et cetera, for Salt Lake City, GW, why don't you take us into a card of the day? Today's card of the day was from one of my favorite tournaments that I ever played, ever. I just think about this tournament all the time. I, I've played a lot of tournaments over my 12 years of playing. But none went as smoothly as this one. I was up in Canada. And I was playing what was then known as a battle road. <laughs> you went to Canada for a battle road? Well, it was a, it, they used to have these things called um, marathons where they yeah. would have like a okay. bunch of yeah, different yeah. tournaments over a weekend or over a week sometimes actually when, you know, over like Christmas, uh, Christmas week or whatever, um, they would go up. But I, I was up there for a battle road. I think it was on like a the bookend of a, um, of a marathon or I, there was some reason I was there. Like, and also I might, I add, I used to live in Michigan. So it was like a no, I understand. three or four hour drive. <laughs> yeah. I digress. So we were there for, uh, for a battle road and I brought my deck and I, it was a five round Swiss with a top four cut, I believe. It might have even been top eight, to be honest, but top four at least. Um, but I I remember this. I go four rounds of Swiss, win all of my rounds very easily, and I get to my fifth round, 
and my opponent's like he's three and one he's like hey man do you want to id like if if we id like you're still going to be number one seed and i'm going to you know maybe i'll sneak in at three or four into cut and i'm like nah let's play it out (laughs) and then i just proceed to whip him right because i lose and i still make it and i win and i just and it's more fun right so i'm like nah let's just play and i win and it was great um but the the card that was the backbone to my deck was from the uh the furious fists expansion it's pokemon with free retreat halucha it's halucha that's right with the shining spirit ability damage from this pokemon's attacks isn't affected by weakness or resistance not the most relevant but it has a quality attack flying press for one fighting does 60 damage if your opponent's active isn't a pokemon ex this attack does nothing so the idea with my deck i played it with halucha and lucario um, but with halucha you could hit some really interesting numbers on opponents eveltals or seismitoads where you could hit them if you had a silver bangle attached you could hit for 90 damage silver bangle is basically like the um the the choice belt of or sorry what what's the one choice yeah, belt, yeah. choice belt yeah yeah <laughs> well there's like so many right like muscle choice band, band choice belt, choice yeah. band cho- yeah exactly um uh, so if you had a silver bangle attached you could do 90 damage there's the strong energy which is a fighting type energy that allowed your fighting type Pokemon to do 20 more damage. So you could like really get up to these like big numbers. And then um, if you didn't have the silver bangle attached, you could always attach a fighting fury belt. So now all of a sudden this Halucha was like doing big damage to these Pokemon EX and they weren't able to one shot it in return because you had the fighting fury belt, which says if uh, it's attached to a Pokemon and it has full HP and it goes down to being knocked out focus then you sash can, you're thinking of or focus sash focus sash yeah yeah there you go uh then it goes down to just 10 hp right remaining um and so you just slap one of those boys on there <laughs> give it a little focus sash halucha you got all this energy and you're just you're just like knocking things out and yeah they can't knock you out in one hit it was it was awesome nobody was prepared for it and we have 5-0 through swiss won the won the tournament with ease and <laughs> with uh, ease <laughs> And it's all on the back of this Halucha. Heck yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Halucha's he's, he's a really a cool Pokemon, too. I like Halucha. Yeah, Natalie really likes Halucha as well. She's a, she's a nice, nice guy. Halucha. She has a really nice Halucha plush. I know, yeah. That it's it's extremely derpy, because I don't think you could really make, like, a... Like, you can make a good-looking Pikachu plush. You can make a good-looking oshawott plush but it's really hard to make a good looking halucha plush and she has a horrible look i mean it's just it's so derpy it's a great plush because it's derpy yeah the derpy plushies deserve love too absolutely life size halucha win i've been saying it for seconds (laughs) awesome that's a really good card of the day Lucha from Furious Fists. Let's go ahead then and thank our sponsor for today's episode before we head into the back half. And of course, you already know that today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the premier men's grooming product brand, and we at Tag Team can personally attest to not only Manscaped's efficacy, but its correlational relationship between our use and tournament success jw why don't you talk to us a little bit about manscaped yeah manscaped you don't want to be caught looking spooky down there this halloween so head on over to manscaped.com get some great products we have really enjoyed everything that they put out keeping us looking extra fresh keeping us looking extra nice all the hair is where it needs to be we're smelling the way we want to smell looking the way we want to look so uh, it's been just just the finest experience with manscaped and uh here at tag team we have a promo code for you 20 percent off plus free shipping when you use the code tag team at checkout so head on over to manscaped.com put a couple of things in your cart go to checkout and you're like oh man i gotta pay shipping but no you don't code tag team 20 percent off plus free shipping 
Definitely pop over to Manscaped to use tag team at checkout. You won't regret it. Products are awesome. JW and I both love everything that we've received. And I personally wear my Manscaped Boxers 2.0 at every single tournament I go to. They fuel me with strength <laughs> that I need to win those tough tournament games. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much to Manscaped for sponsoring the cast. All right, JW. So for today, we have six categories of decks for the Salt Lake Regional Championship. Uh, they're kind of paired together. So why don't we just dive right in and see how things shake out. So the first deck we have to talk about today is the play for points. Yokohama's mm -hmm. coming up next year. Everyone wants to accrue those championship points so they could be on their road to go to Japan. GW, if you're in that boat and you're really just trying to feast on some championship points, what would you recommend for Salt Lake City? It's a great question, and I'm sure a lot of people are asking that right now as they're listening to the cast. But if it were me, and I'm just looking, okay, I need to get, you know, I have my roadmap for for getting to Worlds, and okay, I need to get, you know, a couple of finishes at regionals, and I need to get, you know, some local points, but let's make these regionals count. I would go for Palkia and Teleon. That doesn't seem like a very, you know, exciting play. Certainly we have um, a lot of more interesting uh, decks to talk about later, but Palki and Talion to me feels like that safe play that if I play it to the best of my ability and I'm able to get some solid starts, then I can beat most anything in the format that's not like hard countered for me. Um, and there really aren't a lot of hard counters right now. There's not a lot of bench reduction. There's not a lot of lightning type attackers in the format. So Palkia feels like a really solid play if you're looking to just get points because you're not going to face a lot of counters, hopefully. No, I, I totally agree. Palkia has been a mainstay in the format ever since it came out, and that has certainly not changed in the Lost Origin format. I played six Palkias across day one and day two of the Peoria Regional Championship because it's just that solid deck. You know, Even as I climbed into the higher and higher records, Palkia was still constantly in the tables around me so palkia is not only a good deck to play if you're looking to get points it does still have like that high-end potential so i think mm -hmm. that makes it a really solid safe pick going into the salt lake city regional championship are there any matchups with palkia that you look at and you're like that is the reason why i would want to play it because for me i think of palkia as being one of those other decks in combination with giratina that you go down to any matchup and Assuming you're not playing against, you know, a flying Pikachu or something where you're just losing based on weakness alone. Um, but assuming you're not playing something like that, you look to have at least an even matchup, right? You have routes to win pretty much anything. Um, are there any matchups that you look at with Palkia that you're like, that would actually be why I would love to play Palkia? Or are you kind of thinking of it as a deck that just has 50-50s or, or better across the board? I kind of think of it more in that ladder bucket where it has like pretty solid matchups against the board with maybe an asterisk that Palkia going first can be really overwhelming for certain decks, uh, especially if you hit that like turn one VIP pass or two to fill mm -hmm. up your bench on turn one. There are some like V-based decks that really can't deal with the constant gusts that Palkia can output just to knock out those Vs and then to eventually stretch for the one like V-star knockout that you need. So... That's how I see the, the risk-reward of Palkia playing out is mm -hmm. very similar to Giratina, but I think of Palkia as being a much more consistent, reliable deck. Well, I, that was my next follow-up question. What do you feel, to bring it a little bit full circle from our first half of the cast, how do you feel about the matchup Palkia into Giratina? I think it's pretty close. It, and to some extent, it depends on the starts for both players, which is like such a... A lame thing to say <laughs> it depends yeah. on how both players draw <laughs> yeah like, uh, remember it's it's how they start in the early game and then and, and then how they, they go play to the, the mid game, game and how and they then finish at out the end game if they can take all their prizes <laughs> so it's something like that like if you combine <laughs> those three game states together you'll find the winner um so <laughs> i think it really comes down to 
Palkia is probably more reliable. If Giratina is able to like really blazing get going, then they have a route to win. And mm-hmm. they hit that route plenty of games. But I think Palkia will more reliably, like even if it's like 51% of the time, will hit their stuff versus Giratina. Yeah. Yeah, that's super fair. Plus, if Giratina isn't able, if they don't play Thornton and they're not able to get like Giratina's evolved quickly, then Palkia can chase those down like crazy. So. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point too. I don't know if I love the Thornton in in Giratina, but it feels like it's hard to get all the pieces together at the right time. Yeah, um, but it feels really good if you can pull it off. It's it's one of those kind of cards. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's shift over to our next category of deck then, and that's we talked about the play for points. What is the deck that's maybe riskier to play? but has the high-end potential to win the tournament. Palkia, of course, is still a tournament-winning deck. Yeah. Um, but what is a deck that maybe you won't potentially get points with, but you could win the tournament with if you get rolling in exactly that right way? Yeah, I mean, I think you got to look at Mew as being that deck. I mean, certainly that's kind of what we thought heading into um, Peoria Regionals. Uh, but Mew VMAX felt like the deck that, you know, if, if we didn't see any hard counters, if we didn't see too much Drapion... Uh, if we didn't see too much Drapion paired with other cards that could one-shot, then we were going to have a good day. And, you know, for the most part, I think that was true. Um, I think Mew is, you know, certainly still one of those decks that is maybe a little bit... Um, I, I, I don't know. It's it's respected, like, an okay amount to the point that uh, Mew can effectively tech for what it's being you know, the Drapions that people are trying to throw into their decks. Um, in, in many cases, the Drapions don't really matter all that much uh, to the overall game plan, um, especially, again, if you can't one-shot a second Mew, then it almost doesn't matter whether or not you have yeah. Drapion, right? Like, Arceus Gudra plays one Drapion, and that's just, like, not really enough to give you the the matchup in in that mew matchup or or you know any arceus based deck just playing the one drapion and they don't have another backup that can one shot so that's the issue there um in terms of decks that can just high roll the tournament i mean we've said this for months now but mew i do still think like has that potential it's not being teched against hard enough and i don't necessarily think it needs to that's not me saying yeah. Go out there and play to Drapion. Go out there and, you know, <laughs> hard tech for it. But uh, it does feel like that kind of deck that if it can get around all the counters um, and flip enough heads, then you're going to have a great tournament. Yeah, Mew flipping heads is so insane. So <laughs> sick, dude. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Especially if the heads is on, like, the opening coin flip. So oh, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is, that is, that's a really good point, actually, because I, I think it would be interesting to see um, a breakdown of, you know, because Mew is a solid deck right now. It's, you know, constantly in the top five of these online tournaments. And we obviously had really good runs in Peoria when all is said and done. But it would be interesting to see, you know, the win percentage change between first and second. Because I do feel like if you go first, you just have the game at your fingertips. Like yeah. gusting up anything you want on that second turn. Um, you know, you get a couple of double turbos down you get a couple of mu v maxes down and then you're just kind of like pivoting between those two like it really does feel like everything falls into place if you go first going second it can get a little bit dicey they can take knockouts before you and just kind of disrupt your setup but i'd be interested to see that kind of differential between win percentage going first win percentage going second with the deck i feel like of all the decks that we're looking to talk about today that mu might have the most overwhelming difference in terms mm-hmm. of performance on going first versus second would just be my intuition at least it yeah. certainly feels that way at least when you play Mew like yeah. when you win that flip oh baby <laughs> like <laughs> things are going to happen in this game yeah for sure for sure <laughs> so Mew is an excellent kind of high roll type of choice still uh, coming out of Peoria and if anything you know Drapion counts Drapion stocks are probably going down right now because of all of the other decks that have really dominated the online space yeah would agree i mean to be honest again if you're not playing a deck that doesn't already have a one shot potential on a mew then the drapion to be honest is not going to do a whole lot so um and i think people are starting to realize that right and starting to take it out a little bit so 
Okay, so let's move then into our next pairing and start with the off the radar deck, the rogue deck that can come into this tournament and show up hard. Now this is kind of an interesting perspective going to this tournament because this deck actually did see a lot of play in Peoria, but it hasn't been talked about a lot since. Uh, and that would be Reggie Gigas. The Reginald deck is, it's a known quantity in this format, right? People know that it's powerful. People know that it has a good matchup against the Lost Zone type of decks because they struggle to hit quite the right numbers against the Reggie. Um, they also know it's a little bit inconsistent, but one in very interesting factor going into Salt Lake City is that Gift Energy has been completely broken on TCGO for like the last week or so, and that has prevented people from getting TCGO testing in with their Reggie deck. So who yeah. knows like how much people have even played Reggie and yeah. Peoria. Exactly. Exactly. That's, um, you know, what I was going to bring up is, yeah, gift energy is broken. So you can't really play Reggie's the way that I think most people would want to play it with at least one gift energy because that card is just stupid in the deck if you can find it. Uh, stupid good, that is. Um, <laughs> and and even so, I mean, Reggie's has been putting up solid numbers. And you think about, like, um, the amount of decks that play Lost City is really, I think about Mew as being the primary one. And maybe like a curum deck but like honestly they would rather play training court anyway so it's Definitely. like you're not really facing a lot of lost city decks so you're not really facing you know that would that would be what i would consider you know one of the hardest counters in the metagame is just getting your pokemon you know sent to the lost zone um there's not really a lot of flying pikachu uh, it's shaping up to be a solid metagame once again for reggie the one concerning card that has picked up some steam recently has been Gudra. Mm. Yeah, that which, really, really hard. Yeah, it's just going to be tough for you. But I really personally think that Gudra's a stinky deck. Oh, I know. Oh, the stinky goo. The stinky goo. That's not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> not the last either. Uh, hopefully not. <laughs> so so reggie is in a really interesting spot heading into salt lake city uh, certainly a deck worth considering but people have been a lot of people do rely on tcgo as their primary testing tool anymore and with the inability to play reggie at its max potential you know i feel like there is some stifled opportunity for it to have shown up maybe as much as it would have yeah definitely definitely i, th I think there are some things that you can also do to counter things like lost city so a lot of people talk about playing three regigigas uh it's certainly an option i like also playing three reggie drago because you find yourself drawing with that card and then attacking with it uh in the active position so you know that one is also potentially another good one to just have a third of um for any potential lost city shenanigans your opponent might pull but yeah i agree reggie is a solid choice Maybe a little bit underrepresented in these online tournaments, but largely because one of its better cards is missing. So, Jeffrey, why don't you talk to us then about the flip side of this coin? So we looked at the off-the-radar deck. What is the deck that's very much on the radar? What is the people's deck that everyone's going to be spamming going into oh my Salt Lake City? It is, without a doubt, Kiram Palkia. That is the deck of the people. <laughs> Kiram Palkia is that beat stick deck. We've talked about it over and over. Palkia engine, kind of Palkia backbone. You know, you got that safety net of, of Palkia just being able to do damage, being able to, you know, pump out that consistent damage. But then you have the Kiram, big baddie Kiram, big daddy Kiram even. Oh, coming in <laughs> taking those yeah, so true so true coming in taking those one shots on on v maxes and and v stars so uh, a deck that a lot of people gravitate to very simple very straightforward gets you those dubs that you like um has answers to a lot of things right um you can get around a bunch of different decks but uh it really just falters and we talked about this last week with hand disruption so if you can just disrupt the kiram palkia in the late game they're going to have a terrible time because they're trying to keep those water energies in hand. They're trying to keep their options open. Uh, if you get them into a Roxanne situation and maybe even a good Marnie in the mid to late game, that can spell disaster for that deck. Totally agree with that. The, the Curum deck 
showed up big time at Peoria in terms of representation. It was the most popular deck by a fair margin. I don't know if it'll quite see the same margins at Salt Lake City, but I do expect it to be one of, if not the most popular deck, just because of all the things that JW mentioned. It's got that beat stick potential. It's straightforward, but has tools that it can play with. And it's just a really satisfying kind of deck to attack with. Hitting for those gigantic numbers by discarding energy is just a fan favorite, I feel like, in the Pokemon trading card game. So it doesn't surprise me to see a deck like Curum be super popular. And it is nice to have one of those decks where if you, um, you know, are able to execute your strategy, then you can set up these very solid checkmate positions relatively early, right? If you're able to attack early with your uh, Palkia and maybe you have a Palkia on the bench and then you have two Curums out and maybe you've been able to play a Melanie or two and maybe you've been able to attach a couple extra energy. Jeez, Um, that is quite the game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. It's not. Uh, but you know, just saying, like if you can flood the board with energy um, early enough in the game, um, or at least save your V Star for late, like there's really not a lot that you're afraid of. Now, getting into those situations, I will agree, um, is not always easy. But it's certainly one of those things where when you set it up, you're like, oh yeah, I cannot lose. My opponent could do practically anything they could flip four crushing hammerheads and i still would probably win right there are just those overwhelming positions that you can find yourself in with that deck and that's very attractive absolutely all right then so for our last duo here we're going to talk about under and overrated decks we'll start with the underrated deck and then drop our hot takes for overrated deck Arceus Giratina or Arceus partner decks. Yeah. Arceus has really fallen off the radar hard in the Peoria <laughs> metagame. And even since then, you know, you're not seeing a lot of Arceus going on in these tournaments. Maybe people are burnt out on it, but not a lot of Arceus flowing around. We've been talking a lot in our friend group leading up to Salt Lake about how much we think like a Marnie path kind of package would be super good going into salt lake city just because many of the decks that we've talked about today are weak to repeated hand disruption and arceus when you think of repeated marnie path there's no pokemon that does it better than arceus and arceus giratina feels like the premier way to play arceus straight arceus style decks anymore you know you have the one-shot potential with the giratina you have the consistency of the arceus you have the Marnie in the path to keep things turning. I mean, really not totally dissimilar from what we played at the World Championship, just shifting the partners around. Yeah, exactly. There is a lot to like, I think, with Arceus, just generally. I mean, you're always going to have the Starbirth that is one of the most broken abilities that has ever been printed. Um, but I think when we when we think about hand disruption, that is great. That is a great thing to have in this format. Um, But the hand disruption with path, I think path's path's effectiveness is a little bit less, right? You have these Lost Zone decks that don't really rely on abilities. I mean, sure, you have Giratina that maybe would want to Radiant Greninja here or there. Maybe would want to drop a Luminion here or there. But for the most part, you have Lost Zone box and you have Giratina that are really unaffected by path, um, you know, and, and a number of other decks that, you know, path is a thing, but <laughs> they can always work around it. So uh, path's effectiveness, I think, is not as, uh, it's not as effective now as it was during the Worlds format. I would agree. Um, and so I I do think that that, you know, contributes a bit to, to Arceus's underperformance or, or lack of relevance right now. That, that's certainly true, but I think we would both agree that Arceus maybe has fallen a, from grace a little harder than maybe it's yes. deserved, even yeah. if it's not at its peak potential yeah. like it was leading up to and during the World Championship. Yeah, yeah, it's still incredibly strong in my opinion. I mean, just the hand disruption, honestly. Like, take everything else out, but being able to Marnie on two or three consecutive turns is, is the death sentence for some of these decks that really rely on a big hand. So let's talk then. Let's drop a hot take. JW, what is the overrated deck heading into the Salt Lake City metagame? 
yeah, funny enough, I think the overrated deck heading into Salt Lake City is the deck that won in Peoria, and that's Lost Zone Box. I think we think about decks that um, a lot of people are trying to play in these online tournaments, and you see it as, you know, the number one most played deck in these online tournaments, and that's Lost Zone Box. Of course, it's cheaper uh, than every other deck, so you're going to have players, you know, more casual or free-to-play players that are going to naturally gravitate towards it. But on the whole, I think it is an overrated deck. I think if you look at Lost Zone Box heading into uh, Peoria, heading into the last regionals, it had like a solid to, you know, like a 50-50 or less matchup spread. Like nothing was really that good for it. Nothing was super bad for it. But I would say that the matchup spread wasn't necessarily favorable for it. And then we saw... Uh, toward come up with a you know a more interesting list um, arguably a better list of lost one box than we had seen and just by you know sheer mechanics and great play and um, you know outwitting opponents and and them maybe not knowing exactly what was in his list uh, he was able to take it down uh, you know huge props but I think we're seeing kind of the ripple effect more players are playing lost one box and it's not particularly performing that well in these online tournaments like it's it's doing okay it's doing fine. Certainly the most played deck. And if you have it as the most played deck, you're going to have players that, um, you know, are going to tank with it, no doubt. But I think on the whole, it hasn't really proven itself to uh, be, uh, have the long-term sustained success that we oftentimes see from these regional winning decks. I would agree with that. You know, when we think of Lost Zone Box heading into Peoria, it was really that deck in the online space. People were terrified of it it was tearing up the tournaments left and right and yeah it's still the most popular deck online which i do think like tcgo economy plays a factor in that but it's not putting up the same results when i think of results now i think of giratina and the online mm-hmm. tournaments so lost zone box i think through a combination of people dealing with it better and better over time yeah um and people also gravitating, like maybe better players are gravitating to different decks that have different strategies. It's just not really putting up what it used to. And I don't really expect that to change necessarily into the Salt Lake City Regional Championship. My question to you, JW, is we saw originally the Lost Zone box was into the Pokey Stot to kind of churn through the deck a little bit harder, get some more resources in hand, accrue those cards, build those large hands. Tord opted for a Path to the Peak build, which let him, largely it let him shut off cards like Empoleon without having mm-hmm. to switch it out of the active or use a Canceling Cologne. It was just a more compact package than mm-hmm. the Canceling Cologne. Uh, but you lost that kind of like item dig potential. Um, and there's also, of course, like the minor disruptive elements of Path to the Peak. Do you think that Lost Zone Box should or could continue to play Path to the Peak or should it switch to a more streamlined Pokestop version? Yeah, that's a that's a great question because I think you, you think about... Um, certainly if I were to play a water deck, I don't know that I would even be considering playing an Empoleon um, in my list uh, just because there's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, case in point, two players uh, wouldn't, wouldn't consider playing the Sample it. size got 100% though. That's true, yeah, many people... I haven't talked to another person that would include <laughs> Empoleon in their list. But yeah, you think about um, the you know how much people were talking up Empoleon heading into Peoria just because it's a you know solid counter to Reggie, it's a solid counter to you know Comfy and the Lost Prize uh, Lost Box engine. But yeah, now that now that Empoleon feels like it's kind of fallen off, um, you know, maybe Path isn't isn't as strong as it as it once was. Certainly still would be good. But I, I do feel like um, you can move away from Tord's build to, to a more, uh, like you said, streamlined, maybe more uh, Pokestop-focused version of the deck. Part of the reason I ask, too, is because Path can actually be harmful even to the yeah, Lost Zone sure. deck because Charizard does rely on its ability. You know, if you get hand disrupted or you run out of Lost Vacuums, for example, yeah. you could be stuck in a situation where you never get to use your Charizard. And yeah. the deck really can't win a lot of multi-prize matchups without that yeah i mean obviously you're like trying to like you know path until the last moment and ideally you're finding 
the counter, the the lost vacuum to yeah. your own. But having to but vacuum your point. own path is like so unfortunate. Like to have to put yourself in that situation. Yeah, totally, totally. Just one extra combo piece that you have to hit every t- every game. That's so, right. well, it's interesting at least to think about how things will evolve. Um, you know, certainly heading into Salt Lake City, it feels so open. You know, as far as all these different decks that people are playing, all of them seeing moderate to good amounts of success. I wouldn't be surprised if I saw any number of decks win this tournament, really, seriously. Except Gudra. Except except freaking Gudra, man. The stinky goo. The stinky goo. We're not <laughs> fans of stinky goo around these parts. Not at all. So and we would be surprised if Gudra won, but any other deck <laughs> has a shot. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> So I think it'll be a really interesting tournament to see unfold. I'm looking forward to going out there and being in the wonderful Salt Lake City. GW, I'm sure you're looking forward to watching from home. <laughs> no. I, well, I, I'll, I'll be excited to watch you guys, you know. I'll, yeah. I'll be excited to watch my friends with whatever deck they decide to bring run through the entire tournament, you know, undefeated. I can't wait to see the 9-0 Riley Hulbert day one yeah. parlayed into the into the what, what would you need like four oh two day two and then first seed and just just absolutely smash that's what <laughs> i'm I looking forward to, to it man I'm yeah well i i do have one question though riley before we go yeah what do you what are you leaning towards right now for salt lake um honestly i don't know <laughs> i've when I was like theory modding a lot this week, I was like, oh, you know, Giratina sounds awesome. And then I played some Giratina games over the last day and a half, and they haven't gone very well. <laughs> so um, I'm right now I'm kind of leaning towards the, the salty run back with you. Yeah. Yeah. Why See not? what happens. Why not? See what happens. My plan, though, is to win this tournament so that way I can be just over halfway to my invite. <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome yeah that'd be cool <laughs> be so freaking cool so if you see me there be sure to say hi jw won't be there but i can pass the message along <laughs> <laughs> and be sure to follow us on social media the best way to find us is on twitter you can follow the podcast at tag team pokemon you can follow me at smiles with riles you can follow jw if you want to at real john walter we also record the podcast live every single week at twitch.tv slash munner and jw also streams on his twitch channel twitch.tv slash flex daddy righteous absolutely yeah we can't wait to uh, meet up with you well riley can't wait to meet up with you there uh i can't wait to meet up with you in toronto that'll be my next tournament so i'm looking forward cool man. to yeah. that yeah oh yeah cool yeah I just, you just had to wait like two more months <laughs> <laughs> It'll be worth the wait, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) My dad always said patience is a virtue. (laughs) To those of you who are going to Salt Lake, good luck, have fun, and we hope to hear of your many success stories for the tag team listeners. Absolutely. Thank you guys all so much for listening. We will catch you next time. Peace. See you.